0: this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live, episode number 39 to be exact. I'm your host Dan Kroll, and you can think of me as Christopher Columbus exploring strange soapy new worlds so that you are kept up to date, on anything and everything soaps. I guess it's no surprise by now that summer is officially over. I'm a fan of the heat and humidity, so I am a little sad to see summer go. But there are three things that I really do like about the fall. The cool nights are great for sleeping. Uh, Mother Nature does an amazing job of sharing those picture-perfect displays as the leaves start to change color. And then there's the great November sweep storylines that the soaps always seem to cook up. So joining me this week to talk about what's coming up on all your favorite soaps this fall is someone who made the mistake of telling me that I could introduce him any way that I wanted to. But because it's Friday and it's a nice day and I'm in a good mood, I'll pretend that he didn't say that. But what I won't overlook, though, is that Richard Sims, the executive editor at ABC and CBS Soaps in Depth magazines, has a lot of opinions, and I can't wait for him to share some of them with us. But more than just simply opinionating, he really knows his soaps and that's the real reason that I've asked him to drop by today. So, Richard, welcome to the show.
2: That may be the nicest introduction I've ever gotten.
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad. That's what I like. I like to make sure people feel welcome. Uh, they're, you know, taking time out of your day to drop on by, especially on a Friday. It's, it's, uh, It means a lot to me and certainly to everybody out there who's listening.
2: Well, hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here, and I look forward to this. As you guys know, the last time Dan and I chatted, it was a blast.
1: So I look forward to it. This is a little more controlled. Before, I think we talked for about 12 hours. This is, unfortunately, (laughs) about 52 minutes, and then there's a, uh, you know, give or take a couple bit of commercials. So let's sort of get right into it and come up with, which came first, your passion for soaps or your interest in journalism? (laughs) Passion for
2: soaps, definitely.
1: I grew up, um, you know, my
2: mom, like, like many people, my mom watched soaps. And when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch them because you know my mom thought they were too risque. I imagine today she would like have a heart attack if I was the same age as I was when I started watching them and the things that were going on now. But I would like my mom would watch General Hospital, and I'd sit in the room and I'd pretend to be reading. And fortunately for me, she never noticed that you know like the books were upside down. I was paying <laughs> no attention because I was and I was completely hooked. I was a uh, I was an I was an ABC baby. I mean I watched. General Hospital, and my favorite, my all-time favorite, was Ryan's Hope. Uh, Not Ryan's Hope. I mean, I loved Ryan's Hope. My favorite was The Edge of Night. Uh, Oh, okay. That was was my show, and I would kill or die for that to be put in reruns, because I would love to watch it again.
1: Okay. So then when did this interest in writing, and well, other than upside-down book reading, when did the interest (laughs) in, in the journalism and the writing aspect come in? Well, you know, when I was working, I was working at the um, Binghamton Press and Sun Bulletin,
2: a small paper in upstate New York, and they had, and we basically put out a weekly TV section, and a column that we usually ran was dropped by Gannett, so they had space to fill, and they were looking at various columns that they could buy, and one of the editors, who knew I was a huge soap fan, said, you know, do you want to... Try writing a column, and of course this was just like you know the, the heavens opened up and the angels sang and and I tried to prevent my voice from cracking because it's already kind of high as it is. I tried to prevent my voice from cracking and I said
1: like, yes,
3: please, <laughs> and um,
2: and so I started writing it for and and, and, and then next thing I knew it was syndicated over because it was a Gannett newspaper, so it was syndicated by GNS, and. I was so fortunate that a um, when when they were starting Soaps In-Depth magazine, they basically called the publicists of the various soaps, and they said, you know, we're looking for people who you enjoy working with because we want to have a good relationship with you guys. Because, you know, anybody who has ever dealt with soaps knows that you have to have a great relationship with the publicists because they're your lifeline to Absolutely. shows. And the publicist at One Life to Live at the time, Mentioned me as a, as someone they really enjoyed working with and I will always be grateful for that. And the next thing you knew, it was, it was like something out of, it was like something out of a soap opera story. I went from, you know, small town to, to here and running and I went from, you know, writing a little column in a little newspaper to being the executive editor of a nationally syndicated magazine overnight. It was, it was really very soap opera
1: So I guess the things, you know, that really does happen in in real life, it may not be that you went from, you know, cleaning floors to brain surgery overnight, but that certainly has got to be, it's a big step.
2: I'm not going to lie. It was really close because when I wasn't writing this little rinky-dink column that wasn't even part of my job, I was known as, and there's not a lot of people who know this that didn't work for me at the time, but I was the newspaper's Mr. Help. And it was my job to answer the phone and say, press and Sun bullets and help desk, how may I help you? Despite the fact that it was wildly redundant, and the fact that I'm probably, as most people know, the least helpful person on the planet, I, that was my job. So I went from basically kind of a glorified secretary to running a magazine. It really, so see, Maxie, it's not so
1: unusual. <laughs> well, there may be, I'm seeing on Twitter there were a couple of questions who, uh, folks who want to know exactly what does an executive editor do at a magazine or at least a little depth. a
2: little bit of everything really um, i on a typical day um, I do a lot of editing, obviously you know the the we have an editor who covers each show, so each show has its own editor, and it's that person's job to do the interviews and set up photo shoots and all that and then they turn it into us and it's laid out by our art department, and at that point, either Charlie, who is my best friend and managing editor, or myself, edit the stories to fit, write captions, one of the things that is the greatest joy of my job, and that I think is actually probably one of the best things about our magazine, is that I get to write Captions. And there uh. is nothing I enjoy more than writing funny captions. We, Charlie and I play a little game where, you know, we, we like to be patted on the head, so we're always going to each other and saying, oh, look what I wrote today. And, you know, if the other person dismisses you, you have failed. But if you can actually get them to crack a laugh, then you've done your job. And to me, that's, you know, I love soaps. I think they are probably, you know, they're, they're my favorite form of entertainment. But at the same time, I don't think they need to necessarily be taken so seriously that we can't have fun with it. And so, to me, that's the that's the thing that we really a couple years ago set out to do to sort of separate ourselves from the other magazines hmm. is try and make it fun because we're not in this internet age. We're not going to be able to break news in the magazine, right? You know, that that isn't already all over the internet. So, you know no matter what we do, we're always going to be playing catch-up, even though, you know, we use Twitter now. I, I, as you guys know, I do I do all of our tweeting, and, and when you interact on Twitter with Soaps In Depth, you're interacting with me. And we have a website and all that, but still, you know, what is it that that is going to make you plunk down the money to buy the magazine? And to me, what makes it worthwhile is this, the style of writing, because we really try and have fun. We really... Want, we write really funny captions, and, and we try and make the style of the writing in the magazine, I don't want to say loosey-goosey, because, you know, we definitely, that, that, that sounds just, yeah, we just throw words on the page and say, ah, read it. But but it is it is, I think, a really fun read, and that's kind of, you know, Sort of like, the, you know how Maxim has really, really fun captions? And yeah. not, not that I'm like the typical Maxim reader, but, but they do have really funny captions, and that was sort of what I wanted to, to move towards, and we've done a really sense, great I job think. with that.
1: I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. Now, we've mentioned there are two. There's ABC Soaps in Depth and CBS Soaps in Depth. But for our Days of Our Lives listeners, where does the NBC Soap in Depth fall?
2: Well, you know, that's a really good question. We used to have an NBC issue. When we first started, we had three. We had CBS, ABC, and NBC. And then, um, of course, NBC sort of, you know, slashed and burned its daytime lineup. And about the time when it got down to two, it's really hard to put a whole magazine out around two shows. Well... If you look at CBS, CBS is down to two shows. Exactly. So we've been playing with a lot of stuff because we still have the same number of pages to fill. So what we've been doing is, um, in the last couple issues, is doing Days of Our Lives as its own little special section. And, you know, in a way what we're trying to do is do a Days of Our Lives section that is fun for a Days of Our Lives viewer, but that also kind of relates to CBS people. Like in the new issue, I think, I don't know if it's the, the one that's out now or the next one for CBS, because we work so far ahead. Mm-hmm. But we have a Crystal Chappelle feature. And, you know, Crystal Chappelle is beloved by Guiding Light fans. Of course. Um, uh, from, from her stint as Olivia. So So it makes sense that, you know, Guiding Light fans want to keep up with her. Okay, great, we can do a feature with her. Um, And there's some stuff in the Days of Our Lives section that is specifically about Days of Our Lives. I write a section called um, What We're Talking About or something like We Can't Stop Talking About, I think, is it. And that's sort of, in the the regular issue, we do something called Remote Patrol about the CBS shows. Well, this is sort of the Remote Patrol or where we kind of like opine about the plots on Days of Our Lives. It's in the Separate Days of Our Lives section. So we kind of incorporated Days into the CBS issue.
1: Well, your words were slashed and burned the lineup, but as I think everybody out there knows, uh, I I can't imagine anybody who's a soap fan who doesn't know it, but we're down to six soaps now, and I'm just curious, as we're uh, leading up here into our first break, what is your opinion of the overall status and health of the six soaps that are still on the air? Of course, three on ABC, two on CBS, and the one on NBC.
2: Man, it's tough. It's, you know... You know, what's the saying, it's hard out here for a pimp? That's kind of how I feel, because, you know, I <laughs> pimp for the shows constantly. I love the shows. And not just because, you know, I make my living off of a magazine that covers them. Um, you know, it's, it's my lifelong love of them. And I, I just, I really have started to feel like there needs to be change on some of the shows, because if there's not, we're going to lose more. And that's, you know, every soap fan's nightmare is to go down even lower. When you look at the fact that, you know, less, you know, a decade or so ago, we had like 13, 14, and now we're down to 6.
1: That's yeah. scary. Well, what I think we're going to do, since there's a, the best way to get people interested in the soaps, is to tell them about some of the great things that are coming up. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about some of the big fall storylines that I think will have everybody talking from now until ooh, maybe about the holidays. How does that sound to you? (laughs) Let's hope. All right. Well, let's do it. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live in just a few moments. So stay tuned.
4: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will
3: keep you tuning in tomorrow.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host Dan Kroll, and I have a confession. Actually, every time we come back from commercial break and the announcer mentions, uh, you know, here's your host Dan Kroll, I actually wave. I'm not entirely sure who I'm waving to, but uh, I'll say that I'm waving to you guys out there, and of course, I'm also waving this week to our guest Richard Sims of Soaps In Depth. Richard, welcome back to Soap Central Live. <laughs> I'm waving at you too. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Now. <laughs> As we were going into the commercial, I'd let everybody know that this is the segment to listen to. We're going to talk about some of the big fall storylines that are coming up on all of the soaps. We'll go alphabetically just to make it fair. So let's start off at the top of the lineup with All My Children. I'd imagine that the big fall storyline is still going to be the Who Killed David Hayward fallout. Uh, First of all, let me ask you, do you think David is really dead
2: I hope so. I really, you know, I complain about this a lot on my show that um, soaps have lost a lot of their heart and they've lost a lot of emotional connection with the audience over the last few years. And one of the big reasons for that is not having the courage of the stories that they're telling, you know, not having the courage to actually kill people, not having the like. Taya's story, you know, I really I love Florencia, I love Taya, but I really needed Taya to die at the end of that story because it was a great <laughs> chance to tell an emotional story, and of course it didn't happen. Right. So, um, so that's kind of my problem. As far as all my children, I think you can tell a lot across the ABC lineup about what their sweep stories will be based on the reruns that they're showing on October 27th. On Wednesday, October 27th, instead of their regular lineup, they're showing reruns. Um, And they, you know, when you're doing something like that, you select very carefully the episodes that you're showing, and you use them to mentor, basically. You right. use them to say, okay, this is kind of an indication of where we're going in the next few months. So for All My Children, the episode that they've chosen to show is from a couple years ago, and it's when Ryan proposed to Greenlee. And that tells me that Ryan and Greenlee are going to be big in the next few months. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly sure how I feel about that because I don't particularly love Ryan and Greenlee. I think they've had their chance and blew it. And I really like Ryan and Madison. So, you know, I'm hoping that what they're saying is that Ryan, Madison, and Greenlee will be an interesting triangle to watch. But I want it to focus more on on Ryan and Madison than Ryan and Greenlee. I think the other big thing for all my children in, in the fall is obviously the continuing story of um, – Angie and her pregnancy and mm-hmm. how that progresses for me, that is one of the best stories on daytime right now because it's characters that we love and it's a really sweet, wonderful story. I mean, it, it just, you know, Debbie Morgan and, and, and Darnell Williams have so much chemistry together that I would watch them, you know, read the phone book. So to watch <laughs> this really relatable couple Playing this very poignant, very you know relatable story. Sure, we might not all be blind, but we all you know have known people who've had difficult pregnancies
1: and, and and
2: all the things that go along with it. So that to me is one of the best stories to watch this this fall.
1: You're absolutely right about the two of them having the chemistry. It's almost obscene the amount of chemistry that they have, and even throwing in uh, Michael E. Knight as Tad into the mix, you can just see in some of these scenes that. I don't think they're going off of a script. I just think it's three people who've known each other since the dawn of time and, you know, just love each other and love working with each other.
2: I agree, and that's the other thing that All My Children is doing really well right now. They're not doing everything perfectly, not by a long shot, but one thing that that show does do very well is play friendships between characters, you know, whether it's Crystal and Caleb, have in the Hubbards, I love the Hubbards as a family. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't when, for a while I wasn't really into the whole Randy, Frankie story, but now Randy, Frankie, Madison, and Madison's connection to Ryan, and, you know, that's a really nice little section. In fact, the one thing that I don't really care too much about is the murder mystery. So if you, know, if you take aside the murder mystery, I like pretty much everything else going on. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, Daytime used to be able to tell very, very good mysteries, Edge of Night, my favorite show. But now, I I don't find that they do a really great job on that, and I'd really rather they get away from that and focus on the things they do really well. And All My Children is doing everything other than the mystery really well.
1: I think what we also want to do, too, in talking about what they're doing well, is for listeners out there who want to call in, you can also call in and be part of today's show and let us know on each soap what you think is working and what isn't and maybe what you're looking forward to this fall. So if you'd like to call in, you can call in toll-free at 866 four seven two five seven eight eight. The number again is eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. And if you're phone shy, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Soap Central Live. Don't forget the double L between Central and Live. And we'll be following that and checking out to see what you guys are saying and also talking about your comments and questions on the air. So let's move on to the only 30 minute soap left on the air. We'll go to the Bold and the Beautiful, and right now, one of the things that has me captivated is Stephanie's battle with cancer, and in our two scoops this week, our columnist, who herself is battling cancer, has said that she questions whether or not it's a good decision for a soap to have someone sort of shun medical treatment, uh, wondering if that's maybe the best place, uh, best message to send out to soap, so... Richard, let's get your opinion on that, and I guess the storyline as a, uh, a whole.
2: Um, I love this story because it does what Bold and the Beautiful* does best, and that is it combines drama and humor, and it puts Catherine Kelly Lang and and Susan Flannery front and center. Um, the Bell Bell knows that that those are that's their money couple, you know, forget it really is. Brooke forget Ridge and Taylor. Stephanie and Brooke are the money couple. I I do understand the you know, the message the the mixed message of putting off getting treatment. I think I think I look at it and I say, you know what, it's entertainment first, Mm -hmm. and that is, you know, a soap's first job is to entertain, not necessarily to teach, and I don't know, especially with today's shows, which are a lot different than the shows that used to do such great public messages, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I don't know that anybody should be looking to to today's soaps for, um, you know, life lessons and inspirations. I think one of the things they've done a great job here, though, and, and we're going to see a lot of this as the story unfolds, this story is going to going to get very emotional in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, the thing that they've really tried to do here is walk a fine line because you have you have Brooke every step of the way saying, you need to get help, you need to get help, you need to get help if you start fighting now. And, you know, I think that what they've done there is put the the message in our heads that, you know, yes, Stephanie is doing completely the wrong thing by ignoring... Getting help. And also laying, you know, putting it in our head that, you know, Stephanie could survive this because, you know, there's, there's treatment options out there and they need to be explored. So I think that's where the story will go in, well, in, I know that's where the story will go in the next couple of weeks is, <laughs> you know, sort of exploring what, how far will Stephanie let it go before she seeks a treatment and Will it be too late by the time she does?
1: That's a really good question. And certainly we don't like to give away any storyline spoilers, but let's, let's do a, a hypothesis. Can you imagine the Bold and the Beautiful without Susan Flannery, who is, we talked about amazing performers, and we talked about uh, Darnell and Debbie on All My Children. I mean, Susan Flannery is another one who I could watch every day doing pretty much anything.
2: I agree. Susan Flannery is the heart and soul of of the Bold and the Beautiful, and she has been for a long time. I don't want to imagine a show without Susan Flannery, but two things come to mind. One, if they were to, if you know, Susan talks every couple years about retiring, and eventually it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, she will step behind the scenes. She likes to direct. She's a very good director. So, um, I think eventually it will happen. If it is going to happen, I want them to give Stephanie an awesome exit story, and that certainly is what this is. So, if it, if worst case scenario, they are going to lose Susan. If that's going to happen, then this would be, you know, a great way for it to happen. But I don't, and I also think that um, Brad. Hopefully, uh, I, I've talked to him about this in the past, and he's aware that sooner or later he may have to face the possibility of the show without Susan, and right. that's. That's as scary to him as it is to the audience, you know, because he knows she's just, she and Catherine are just so integral to the show. So hopefully this is not the crisis that will, you know, result in us losing Stephanie. But if it is, it's it's certainly, a, you know, talk about going out with a bang. This is a great story to do it with if you are leaving.
1: You know it. Uh, I'm, I, she's just uh, amazing. And certainly after the Betty White storyline, which uh, I've already admitted to people, uh, had me... Teary-eyed and, and weepy. I don't know what the Bold and Beautiful is planning, but I, potentially there's a lot more Kleenex in the future. But before we go, to uh, we're almost at the halfway mark. I want to make sure that we fit in, in this segment, Days of Our Lives. Let's talk a little bit about what Days fans, other than the show's transition to high def in November, uh, what can they expect to see as some of the hot, sizzling stories of the fall?
2: Oh, I am so psyched about Days. <laughs> Days right now is one of my favorite shows and I know I know there are a lot of people out there who aren't thrilled with it, but for me, Days is doing so much fun stuff and and I love the humor. For for me, like like Dirty Brady and Bad Nicole are one of the hottest couples on TV right now. They are just I love them. And they're going to be there's really big stuff coming up because you know, you can only keep Vivian in the sarcophagus for so long. And once Vivian comes out, the big question then becomes, this being Vivian, what is she going to do? You know, she is obviously going to punish everyone who was involved with this story. And, you know, one of the great things about a rollout like this is that slowly but surely, you know more people are going to find out. So the question becomes, how many people find out? How do they find out? what do they do when they find out and then ultimately when when Vivian comes out of the sarcophagus what does she do to seek revenge so to me that's like the big big story on the show uh, the other story obviously is hope behind bars and to be honest i not i don't really care about that i want hope out of jail i can't think of any story on any soap where where a character was put behind bars and i gave two craps you know um it's inevitably the same, you know they they get involved in some kind of scandal or something behind bars, or they save somebody's life and get their sentence reduced so they don't have to serve the whole thing you know let's just let's just cut to the chase let let hope save somebody's life or whatever, and get her out of jail so that we can pick up the to me intriguing Justin Carly hope Bo story. um that that to me is much more interesting. I have and the last story agree. that they have got going on, and I'll make this short because I know we're sure. heading to a break, right is um obviously the rape Sammy e j stuff. Um, that is gonna be huge, huge, huge as as we head into November. there will be um, someone will die. And there will be major consequences and, you know, the secret will come out and the question becomes who's going to find out that Sammy shot EJ and how does that play. It's going to be huge. So, yeah, there's a lot going on on Days this, this, this November.
1: Well, we talked about getting trapped in a sarcophagus. And for folks out there maybe who are rolling their eyes thinking, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Stay tuned after the break because I'm going to debut a new segment called Stranger Than Soaps. You don't want to miss... What's going on in the real world that is far more bizarre than anything you've heard on the soaps? So stay tuned for more of Soap Central Live after the break.
4: News. Opinion your voice counts, call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com.
0: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Every day, soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
4: wellness network the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
0: you are tuned in today with soap central live starring dan j kroll do you have a question a comment Or you just want a dish, please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'm chatting this week with the executive editor of ABC and CBS Soaps In-Depth magazines, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back. Thank
2: you, and let me tell you, I am so excited about this next segment. I can't
1: wait to hear the story. <laughs> well, yes, you have picked a great week to be here. Uh, we don't have a theme yet for this segment, but it's called Stranger Than Soaps. And I know that uh, you two probably are like myself, and we're guilty of rolling our eyes at least once when something on a soap is so crazy and, and so outrageous that we know it's not rooted anywhere in reality. But sometimes the reality is much stranger than anything that plays out on the soaps, And here's a little proof. An Indiana money manager who stole from investors and tried to fake his death by parachuting out of a plane and crashing the plane has been sentenced to 10 years in prison. This fellow's name is Marcus Schrenker, and he pleaded guilty last month to 11 counts of fraud and agreed to this 10-year prison sentence. A judge ordered him earlier this week to also serve four-year consecutive sentence that he received earlier in, I think in January 2009 for crashing the plane. But like in the soaps and in the real world, everyone has an excuse for why they've committed their evil deeds. And Shrinker, after apologizing to the court, apparently blamed his downward spiral on bipolar disorder and an addiction to painkillers. So there you have it. It's our first edition of Stranger Than Soaps. Apparently, people in the real world, Richard, also fake their own death. You know, I have always said, if you get a group of people
2: together, like, like you know, if, if me and all of my friends sat down and we all started telling just one really bizarre experience that we've had in our in our real lives, and everybody has them, it, it, it really does sort of pa- pale by comparison to some... Uh, you know, soaps sometimes pale by comparison. I mean, I've had... You know, friends and I have sat down and just said, can you believe that this is something that really happened to us? So, hey, I love that sexual segment, by the way. You have to do that every week.
1: I'm, I'm going to, and uh, we have a caller in a second, but uh, before that, I mean, in proof that stranger things have happened, it's, it happened here in Philadelphia a, a bunch of years ago. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, but let's say 15 years ago, uh, a woman's house burned down and her child was killed in the blaze. And apparently some eight nine years later she kept thinking that the neighbors child looked an awful lot like what her daughter would have looked like if she hadn't died so something possessed this woman to pluck some hairs from the baby she had the dna tested and it turned out that the neighbors baby actually was this woman's child it hadn't burned in the fire the neighbor set the house on fire and stole the baby because she wanted to have a baby so i mean that I totally remember that i remember hearing that story It's just crazy, so it just proves that, you know, sometimes the things you see on the soaps don't roll your eyes, everybody. They are probably not as crazy as some of the things that happen in the real world. But speaking of real world, let's get Stephanie, who is calling from Chicago on the air. Stephanie, you're on Soap Central Live.
3: Hi, everybody. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad. You're on the air with me and Richard Sims, so do you have any questions for
3: Richard? I have a question for Richard, yes. I actually have two.
1: Oh, okay, let's start with the first one.
3: Uh, the first one is, Richard, you're, you've started this new campaign for the Soap Fan Alliance, and mm-hmm. I just, I just kind of wanted to know, in order for there to be a Soap Fan Alliance, there has to be a point where everyone's
2: not pitting us against each other, mm-hmm. you know, on the boards and kind of in the magazines. So how are we going to have an alliance between all of the fan bases when we're still kind of having... Different factions kind of pit us against
1: each other. Now, I want to quick a- interrupt just to let you guys know, since this is going to be, I have a feeling, a long question, Stephanie. We're going no, to make that sure was, that we take
3: that was the whole question.
1: <laughs> we're going to take make sure that we get to this one because we want to get to the other three soap previews too. So let's let Richard handle this because I think it's a really good question that Stephanie posed.
2: It's a great question, um, and I think you know, I, and I think it comes down to being two completely separate things. Fan wars are always going to exist. You know, and it, they, they, they just are. You know, it's not like tomorrow we're going to wake up and chick fans and thick fans are going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, let alone the j Sam and liaison fans. That's just not going to happen. But here's the thing. The whole point behind the Soap Fan Alliance and is that everybody has something about their soaps that they love, whether it's a particular show, a particular couple, whatever, that they support. Individually, it's like anything else. Individually... They have a certain voice, but when you combine all of those voices, it, it, it presents a much louder voice. You know, it's instead, of, instead of a couple people singing over in the corner, all of a sudden you've got the Mormon Tabernacle Choir because you've got so many voices. And the point of the Soap Fan Alliance isn't to support any one show or any one couple. It's to sort of present a united front from which Soap Fans, who generally Soap Fans have one major complaint. Ask any soap fan from any show, and they'll complain about you know generally bad stories, the writing. Why are the shows you know so bad? Why you know that kind of thing? Um, and and that's sort of what the alliance is uh, is designed to do: is bring all the different groups together to 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 be able to say you know look here we are we're this. Big, big group, and in order for this to work, I'm not going to lie. In order for this to work, right now we have like 500 people following us on Soap Fan Alliance at Twitter. It's it's at Soap Fan Alliance if people want to follow. Right now we have about 500 people following it, which is not bad because we only launched the account about a week or two ago. But in order for it to mean anything, we need thousands. I mean, thousands and thousands. You know, we need like 10,000 people um, before it it has any impact whatsoever. So right now we're in the really early stages of just gathering it. And I just want to let people know this isn't um right now, you know, I've created this and I've I've done the footwork and stuff but once it gets rolling i'm actually handing it off i'll be an advisor but because of of my role at the magazine this isn't something that i can like spearhead you know because it's it's kind of a, it could present kind of a conflict of interest mm-hmm. so i've been slowly but surely talking to people um, including dan and some other people about getting involved and and sort of it'll be almost like a board of directors who will sort of coordinate efforts as we go down the line but we're talking like six months down the line before it's probably going to be ready to even do anything because we need to gather so many people before we can actually do anything but that's a really great question
1: well thank you stephanie that's going to have to be uh, (laughs) that's going to have to be the last word on that i want to thank you for calling and taking part of the show
2: Oh, no, stephanie feel free to email or to hit me up on twitter at either of my accounts with any other questions i try and answer any question that i can answer on twitter so feel free to send them over okay well thank you
1: I think what we need, Richard, is we need to get Justin Bieber or Lady Gaga to follow the Soap Fan Alliance.
2: You know, it's funny you say that, because I do eventually want to sort of, like, look for... There are celebrities out there who watch Soap, and I'm going to really start, you know, trying to find them and get them joining, because once they do, you know, with a celebrity comes, you know, obviously... Um a lot of a lot of viewers and even celebrities within the daytime world. There are people that, you know, I want to approach about being involved.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's a long process. It's not going to happen overnight. And we'll have more information too for people who want to find out. They can get it at subcentral.com slash radio. You'll have links there and all kinds of other information so you can find out exactly what it is that we're talking about. But we're going to fall back into our November sweeps previews a little bit here. And let's go to General Hospital and a lot of people are trying to figure out who the Balkan is, and there's a lot of different uh, scenarios and opinions and stuff out there, and I think some recent casting decisions are maybe red herrings, but I'd imagine that's going to have to be one of the big uh, things leading into November that we're going to see on General Hospital and, and towards the end of the year.
2: Definitely, and I think it'll actually be more toward the end of November, sweeps and, and into December, because, you know, um, Jerry Jacks doesn't even start airing until... I can't remember exactly when, but I believe it's early December. Um, I think the Balkan is going to be a big story for the next couple of months. My personal theory, and this is completely a theory. This is, you know, I don't want anybody running to the message boards and saying I said this is true because they will. <laughs> this, is just, this is just my theory. I know they will no matter what I say. My theory is we all know Brenda has a secret. You know, she came to town and they made a big deal about the fact she had a secret. And... This being General Hospital, and Soaps in general, and, and, and General Hospital in particular, it seems rather obvious that, you know, Brenda, who has dedicated herself to saving the children of the world, probably has a baby out there somewhere. Now, my first thought was that this had to be Sonny's baby. But now I'm starting to think, what if, what if, and again, I'm saying if, what if the Balkan is actually Jerry? Why would Jerry be so interested in this whole thing? Well... Jerry and Jax aren't on the best of terms these days, you know, because, because well, Jerry's a sociopathic serial killer kind of (laughs) guy, but how do you get back in your brother's good graces? By finding the baby that Brenda had that is Jax's and gave up. That's my theory. I have no idea if it's even close to true, but... (laughs) That's my theory. Obviously, there are a lot of other people. Another person's name I heard floated today was Anthony Zakara. Could Anthony Zakara be the Balkan? Which, you know, that one's a little out there for me, but it could be. Um, Hell, Faith Roscoe could be. <laughs> you know, she could be the, uh, the the Balkan. So that's one of the big stories that's coming up. I think the other thing to keep your eye on is obviously Sam and Jason. Because remember we were saying earlier that uh, the episodes they choose to show on Wednesday, October 27th, which is right at the beginning of Sweeps, right, uh, kind of indicate to me what you're going to see in Sweeps. And one of the things that, and the episode that they're showing is a very big Jason, Jason Sam episode, including Jason and Sam talking about the fact that she wants to have a baby. This is from a while ago when they were in Hawaii, like in 2005, 2007. I know that, I guarantee you, all of the J-Sam fans can tell you exactly what day that episode aired. <laughs> I'm not quite as up as they are. They, they, they blow me away sometimes because they know so much. But to me, it's interesting that they're choosing to show an episode in which Sam and Jason have a long talk about having a baby. You know, could this be an indication that despite the fact that, you know, Sam supposedly can't have children, are we about to see a J-Sam baby? I mean, it seems, you know, it, it, in the world of soaps, that seems like not a big deal because going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, fatal diseases are no longer fatal on soaps. People don't, People who are dead rise regularly from the soaps. So and, and women who have been told they can't have children always have children. Look at the Brid- Bold and the Beautiful's Bridget. So it could be, um, just based on the fact that they are showing that particular episode heading into
1: sweeps. I have to tell you, I really do like if they're going to show older episodes instead of new episodes, I kind of want them to be old episodes. I don't want it to be something from back in May. I don't want it to be something from earlier this month. I want it to be something from nineteen ninety seven. I want it to be something from, you know, two thousand two. That makes it more Amen.
2: interesting. Amen. And not only do I want it to be something old, but I don't want it to be the same old episode you show every time you show old episodes. You know, I don't want it to be necessarily Luke and Laura's Wedding or Luke and Laura Dancing at Wyndham's because, you know, we've all seen those. Most of us probably have it on videotape, but there, and there are a million other things. Now, you know what episode I would love to see again? Clink Boom. They haven't
1: shown Clink Boom in years. I would no, love right. to see that episode. episode. Well, one thing that we do here, we don't show old episodes, but we do take commercial breaks. So we're going to (laughs) take one now, and we'll be back in the next segment, and we'll talk about One Life to Live and a tornado hits Genoa City. So stay tuned for more of Soap Central Live after the
3: break.
4: Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level, one that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success, with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live here on October eighth, 2010. I'm joined by Richard Sims. And we were discussing the last two soaps now for some of our fall previews. One Life to Live, I think, more than maybe what's coming up on the show, people are talking about some casting and uncasting decisions. We had Josh Kelly, who was Joey one day and a mystery man two days later. Uh, So let's talk about a little bit about what One Life to Live fans can expect with Joey's return, the return of Echo, coming up in the fall.
2: I think, well, First, the first story that's really huge on One Life to Live is, obviously, we have to get this whole, um, you know, get Taya back into the lives of her family, deal with Eli, and, you know, as everybody knows, Brandon Buddy is leaving in the very near future, and so there's huge, huge story coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, in fact, we just shot a cover with um, John and Natalie and Star and Cole that sort of, the big climax of this story, and there is lots of stuff that happens as a result of it. Um, you know, Hannah is going to do some really crazy stuff. At least one person dies, and it's real death, not not pretend death. <laughs> real death, at least you know. I think so. Um, so, so that's huge. I think I think the Echo story is going to unroll a little bit slower. I think they're going to you know slowly work her across the canvas. I like that. I'm really glad they have her on the canvas because it means story for Charlie and Vicky and mm-hmm. Dorian and you know the characters who way too often get back-burnered, especially since the Ford Brother invasion. So you know <laughs> I, I I look forward to that and I and I want to see them tell a really good adult story. I'm looking that's really important for the next couple months.
1: No, I think that that's important. I think that. Sometimes it's better to work people in slowly than it is all of a sudden to just have someone there every single day that people don't quite get. Uh, I did like that uh, Inez and Echo had a little dialogue the other day where one of them started to say something along the lines of "Don't, didn't you used to live in Sprint?" So of course it was a nod to some Guiding Light stuff. Uh, I appreciated that. You know, the writers have to know that people hop around and people know what's going on.
2: I'll admit, I do not like that kind of thing. I find it
1: cheesy. I find it takes me
2: out of the moment. I mean, to me, it's sort of, you know, if, if something on the show happens... That makes viewers say sit there and go ooh, and giggle and sort of be like, ooh, inside joke because it's not really that inside a joke had the, there are there are ways you could do that where it's not sort of like bring the show to a stop and draw attention to this that was a little unsubtle for my taste i I you know of course I you know I like seeing that, but it's it was a little unsubtle for me, so so you know i and as far as your point about you know rolling a character out slowly, I couldn't agree more because I think when it was. One thing when we had Ford on the canvas, but then when Ford all of a sudden had three brothers and a mother, and Mm -hmm. now he's getting a father, Mm -hmm. wow, when the vets are
1: completely ignored, that's a mistake to me. Well, you're talking about subtlety. Something that definitely isn't subtle is a tornado rolling through town, and though it's been done before by other shows, The Young and the Restless is about to be hit by a tornado. Not exactly this moment, but uh, coming up in for November sweep. So I'd imagine that's going to be one of the things that's going to have people talking about Y&R, Coming up in the in the uh, next couple of weeks,
2: it is. But you know what's weird, and this is happening on a lot of the shows. The tornado actually hits, I believe, like a week or two before sweeps. Sweeps aren't quite as important as they used to be on soaps, you know, because they know now they have to be telling big story all year round. They can't just do it in March and 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 November and February. Um, I think so. So yeah, that is going to be something really big, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how they do it. And you know, did they learn anything from from the things that all my children did right and the things that all my children did wrong I'll be really interested to see that but Y&R to me is not about the big events. it's about you know the the more subtle stories. so for me the bigger story is you know having Diane back on the canvas in the form of Maura West yes and you know they have brought back they brought back kind of um, bad girl Phyllis who I love I thought it was a little, you know, it was a little obvious that they threw Phyllis and Jack back together just in time for Diane to come back on the canvas. Um, but that's a triangle that I really enjoy and, am, and love watching. And the other big story that's going to be so, so huge over the next few weeks is the, the stuff with Nikki and her alcoholism, because there's some really good, big twists coming up in that. And I love that because of that, and you know Vicky Victoria and Abby's battle with Victor I love that the Newmans are front and center and that's going to continue there's huge stuff coming up in both of those stories in the next um it, it, heading into November and that's the stuff that I'm more excited about than the tornado because the tornado is sort of one of those big events that you know Yeah, you might get people to come in and sample the show for the event, but it it doesn't necessarily bring in long-time viewers because they're just going to come see the event and then turn away. Whereas if during that event you tell some really juicy, good stories, you know, like the Maggie story and the Nikki stuff and the Newmans, tell stories like that, and they'll be compelled to come back for the actual story as opposed to only tuning in when you have an event.
1: Well, this was an event having you here on today's show. We only have about a minute left, but I want to thank you for dropping by. And maybe, uh, I can twist your arm and have you come back at the end of the year for maybe a 2011 preview. How's that? Oh, I would love that. I, I will do your show anytime you ask. Oh, that's a good thing. I'd, of course, for everybody out there, I want to thank Richard Sims, the executive editor for Soaps in Depth, for stopping by to chat with us today. The next time you're in the checkout line of your favorite supermarket, be sure to pick up your copy of ABC Soaps in Depth. CBS Soaps in Depth, or maybe both of them. If you can't find the print subscriptions in your area, you can still check them out online at soapsindepth.com, and there you can find the information of how to follow them on Twitter and all that other good stuff. And, of course, if you missed any part of today's show, if you want to hear it again or if for some reason you'd like to download it and have a copy for posterity, whatever the case may be, head on over to soapcentral.com slash radio for all sorts of listening options for this and previous shows. I'll be back next week with a special guest from Days of Our Lives. Stay tuned for more on that. In the meantime, I'm Dan Kroll signing off on another edition of Soap Central Live.